What is up everybody? Dan, Binder Boneyard. Late day uh, podcast, sorry. Today is Monday and this is Monday's cast. Uh, normally I do them a day ahead um, or two. Uh, things just been absolutely crazy. Trying to get everything done, take care of a lot of other responsibilities and uh, I'm sorry this podcast got pushed out. <clears throat> I'm trying really hard to get back on track so if you guys bear with me while I hammer out some uh, some details and other things, uh, get them done, then podcasts will start being more on time again. Uh, that and Brad is still out of town, so when he gets back, then uh, there'll be more more linear time flow. Get it get it uh, all taken care of. So anyway, I am Dan. I own Binder Boneyard. It's my shop. I got some employees. We do stuff, mostly internationals. Um, I'm coming at you from the office desk <clears throat> in the parts hole, break room, lunch room, dog kennel, slash junk storage area. Uh, beautiful day here in Central Oregon again. Leaves are falling off the trees. Um, that goddamn cottonwood tree. I wish it would just die, but it's still there. Um, Blue sky, sunshine, supposed to be like 72 degrees today. So perfect fall day <clears throat> around the boneyard. Been cleaning up. Um, landlord stopped by the other day and said uh, that he's tired of looking at my shit. So we've been cleaning up and running around. That's another reason why the podcast got pushed out because I was cutting up junk all weekend and getting things moved around. So anyway... Yeah, enough, uh, enough of my drama here. Um, what do we got on the calendar? Calendar birthday cruise, March 16th through the 19th, 2019. Route 66, run west to east. Southern California start to wherever we get. Um, you know, I don't know how far we'll go. I don't know what kind of ground we're going to cover. I know parts of 66 don't exist anymore. So there's some freeway running we'll have to do, um, but some of the old parts are still around, <clears throat> and uh, looking forward to looking forward to running those. So I'll be driving my '56 S100 uh, that I got from my buddy Haas. Uh, maybe I'll throw up a picture of the old S today on Instagram. So if anybody doesn't know what what it looks like. Um, I'll throw it up there so you can see it. So, um, yeah, that's as far as all I got on the calendar right now. <clears throat> got some short hauls planned. Um, I think I got to go get something out of Idaho, but other than that, not much going on there. Um, just, you know, thankful I get to do this for my job. Um, you know, it took a lot of hard work and sacrifice to get here, and I'm still sacrificing daily so I can not have a boss. Um, you know, I say that, but really, you know, you guys are my boss, customers, clients, buyers, parts, buyers, whatever you guys, you know, if it weren't for you guys, I wouldn't be able to do this. So I really appreciate all of the input, all the likes and the shares and the listens. I'm over 5,000 listens now on the podcast. So that means a lot to me. Um, 
we're really really growing uh subscribers are going up every day so that's really something i'm i'm super super grateful and humbled by the fact that so many of you guys are listening and and paying attention so uh, i do i appreciate that very much I don't ever want you guys to think that I don't. Uh, I know on my Instagram stories, I bitch all the time about people. I spend a fair amount of time complaining. Uh, and it's never, I don't ever want you guys to think that I'm complaining about, um, you know, you guys and the support and whatnot. Uh, sometimes I am. Sometimes <laughs> I complain about the cheap asses or whatever. But uh, in general, you know, they're more of just like, rants about the current state of society and whatnot so anyway i'm very grateful to have you guys as uh followers and listeners and and subscribers and whatnot and the patreon support if anybody that wants to uh help out you know head over to patreon you can make a donation uh there um you know these podcasts don't pay for themselves so uh <clears throat> Anyway, today's show's kind of uh, seat of the pants again. I didn't make uh, much of an itinerary. Um, I was thinking, though, while I was driving, uh, uh, there was there's a couple of rigs in our lifetimes that are real teaching rigs. Uh, you know, it might have been your first scout or your second scout. Uh, or your first international pickup that you worked on with your grandpa or something. But it was a vehicle that really taught you a lot about internationals or about mechanics. And I learned a ton on my first flip that I ever did about 2004, I want to say. 68 half ton two wheel drive travel all deluxe package had the horn ring had the bucket seats with the console it had a Borg Warner automatic it was I mean power steering power brakes like it was the cat's ass of travel alls and the thing was fucking gorgeous inside had that kind of gold champagne interior. Seats were perfect. The back seat was amazing. Power back window that worked. Like the whole nine yards. Uh, I bought it for $400 from a wrecking yard in Malala, Oregon. And it ran and drove. I drove it out of there. And um, I remember needing, it needed a lot of just TLC. Uh, yeah, the stuff worked, but some of the gauges didn't work. The heater didn't work. It just needed some stuff. Uh, so, <clears throat> um, you know, that was my first foray into, into a flip where I started with a decent project and then I just put a ton of time into it. Um, and I know some of you guys, you know, you, um, you are scared of the cost of working on your rig. Um, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to need this part. I'm going to need those parts. I'm going to need this, going to need that. And 
what I tell everybody and what I've learned from doing these flips, especially like the Red Rocket, if anybody remembers that um, project, the Red 66 Travel All, that was a huge labor intensive project that we had almost no money in, uh, minimal money in that project. And if anybody remembers those before and after pictures, that was all labor. That was all just sweat equity that we all put into that. Steph, Tom, Charles, when all those guys, when they worked for me, all put everything into it. So what I'm getting at is some of your guys' projects um, that you're scared of because you think it's going to cost a lot of money, it won't. It really comes down to TLC, elbow grease, taking stuff apart, cleaning it, you know, maybe sanding down a rough edge and then greasing it up and putting it back together. Uh, you know, it's amazing how well, um, like the window, window regulators, <clears throat> you know, you get into your scout and you try to roll the windows up and down and they're all janky and the, you know, you got to help it up and help it down. And, but if you open up that panel, get in there, clean the shit out of it, grease the tracks, grease the springs run those felts up and down, maybe throw some, some sill glide on the felts and, you know, run the action up and down and up and down. And, you know, it'll start to work better. And if it doesn't, then you've got a mechanical problem. And then yes, you do need a part. But 85% of the time when these rigs come in and the windows are impossible to roll up and down, it, it just needs cleaning. It really just needs, you get off your ass, take a half a Saturday, pull the door panel, reach in there, get some brake clean, whatever, clean it, grease it, put it back together. You're going to have a window that functions a hundred times better. Same thing with like gauges. And I know wiring scares the shit out of people, but <clears throat> you know, like the, uh, temperature sender you know right there up there by the the thermostat by the water neck pull the little end off take a piece of scotch bright shine up that contact shine up the the wire terminal end put a little dielectric grease on it put it back on i bet you you'll notice your temp gauge works a little bit better same with the oil pressure sender get under the truck pull it off of the thing clean the oil off of it you know if it's leaking at the oil sender, you should probably get a new one anyways, uh, just so you get a more accurate oil pressure reading. But, uh, you know, clean up that connection, put it back together. I guarantee your gauge is going to read slightly higher. Um, any kind of dirt or corrosion in the wiring is going to change the resistance and you're going to get different readings in the gauges. Uh, one thing I found a lot of, this happens quite often, when you pull your gauges on the back of the temp gauge on the early truck, the round gauges, I believe it's a temp gauge, and then the uh, two gauge pods like on the Scout 2s and trucks, there is the CVR. It's a little rectangle aluminum box, little sardine can looking thing. That reduces the voltage from 12 to like a pulsing five four and a half 
So many times your gauges will read low or not at all. Take that gauge, you carefully remove the CVR, clean up the contacts in it, clean up where it contacts the gauge, clean up the ground. Then when you go to put the gauge back in, clean up how the gauge grounds. Do that to all of your gauges, clean up all of their grounds. Um, but especially that CVR, if you clean that up with some contact cleaner or just some Scotch-Brite, give it a nice shiny edge to con conduct electricity again, um, I guarantee you your gauges will read better. Uh, some of them come back to life completely. It's amazing how you'll take non-working gauges, clean them up, and then suddenly uh, you know, you've, got, you've got gauges again. So... Um, it's really important uh, to keep that stuff clean. Uh, and then, you know, you'll be surprised it comes back. And again, these are all things I'm describing to you that are free. They do not cost you any money. Uh, maybe, all right, maybe a piece of Scotch-Brite and a can of contact cleaner. Like, okay, so like five bucks. But $5 to have working gauges again, or, you know, $3 in, in brake clean and spray lube, for working windows again, it's worth every fucking penny. And you have a rig, you know, the the little things mean the most. And I know that's elementary sometimes, but I've had complete pieces of shit come through here, but the doors shut amazing, the windows roll up and down good, and people are like, oh yeah, that's not so bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, You know, yeah, it's a little rusty, but man, this is nice. But when the doors shut like shit and the windows don't roll up and down, it's just people are like, oh, what a pile. So, <clears throat> you know, if we're talking electrical still, go down the line, pull the plugs at the, at the lights, clean those contacts, plug them back in, pull the light housings themselves, clean out the bulb sockets, make sure there's no corrosion in there, clean the contacts where they ground to the chassis. I guarantee you, or the body, whatever, I guarantee you that the lights will get brighter. They will function better. Uh, same with the taillights. You know, if the license plate's light's not working, put a bulb in it. It's like a dollar. Put a bulb. If that doesn't fix it, get a test light. Make sure you got power. Make sure you got ground. Clean it up. You can, it's amazing how much better you can make your rig with just a weekend of TLC. A little elbow grease, a little bit of chemicals, a little bit of Scotch-Brite, you know, yeah, maybe a test light if you know how to use one. Uh, if you don't, it's so simple to just disassemble, clean, lubricate, and reassemble. Um, some of these older trucks, the headlight switches aren't available anymore. We'll take them out. We open them up, which is dangerous. Like there's springs and pins and shit that go everywhere. So it's not for the uh, novice um, mechanically minded person. But we'll take them apart. We'll clean them up. Contact cleaner, all that stuff. Um, put them back together. And it's amazing. You can get the lights working like they're supposed to. So, uh, you know, and this is all cheap, easy, cheap stuff. <clears throat> um you know, uh, what else? What's a good other thing? Just, yeah, just stuff. Like getting the heater to work right. Getting the the little selector valve to move like it's supposed to. You know, you can get those at Napa. They're cheap. 
couple bucks, put one in. Now suddenly your feet aren't on fire all the time because the heater's working correctly. Um, you know, I polished up several rigs. Uh, there's a product out there. It's for like cleaning kitchens. Um, it's called Bon Ami. Um, it's like a, what do you call that? Like Comet, but not as a, aggressive. Uh, I rubbed down an entire 65 pickup with that and it was like Pepto-Bismol pink. And by the time I got done rubbing the truck down with a garden hose and a rag and a, and a whole can of that Bon Ami, that thing was as red as brand new, you know, Farmall red tractor paint. Like it was, it looked great. Um, and then you quick, quick wax over the top of that to keep it from oxidizing back to pink. And the truck looked like a million bucks and I sent it down the road. Uh, you know, that was another good flip. <clears throat> that was, so there's, there, that just reminded me of something else. Uh, interiors on these trucks, you know, pull the door panels. If you're cleaning the windows and all that, or in the tracks and all, you know, when the doors are apart, vacuum out the lower section of the doors. If they're not already rotted out, get in there with a screwdriver, loosen up the crud that's plugging up the drains, vacuum them out. Get the, so the water drains out and keeps from rusting inside there. But when the door panels are off, repaint them. Uh, a can of spray paint is cheap. Uh, you know, I went with like gunmetal gray on the, that 65 that I flipped. We did, we did all of the interior accessories were gunmetal gray and, uh, it, it worked out really nice. So, um, you know, little things like that can of spray paints, eight bucks uh, for good stuff. So scotch bright it, clean it, you know, really spruce up your interior for not a lot of money. Um, and sometimes just cleaning, it's crazy what just cleaning will do. Detail it out, pull all the knobs, clean all the chrome, clean the bezels if it's an 8800 or, you know, C-series truck. Um, you know, just cleaning a lot of that stuff. Simple Green is a great product for cleaning like the rubber floor mats. Uh, man, it brings them right back to black, like dark black and, and they look great again. Uh, WD-40 gets all the window gaskets looking nice again uh, and then makes them pliable. So if you have to change the window out in the future, you soak that gasket down in, uh, in WD-40 and it makes them pliable and easy to move. Um, but again, it's just cleaning, cleaning, minor stuff, you know, engine bay type things, you know, just zip tying up wires, making hose, making sure hoses aren't rubbing on things they're not supposed to, just doing what, you know, little things like that go so far in making the rigs better, making them more enjoyable to be in, um, making them more reliable. And it also gives you a chance to be hands-on and you can spot problems. Sometimes, you know, you're tying up that heater hose and you're like, oh man, it's rubbed through on the bottom. So you just found a potential problem. So get yourself some heater hose and replace it. Uh, get some hose clamps that are the correct size because that's a pet peeve of mine. There's the hose clamps with the big tails and stuff. Get a hose clamp that's the correct size. Replace the heater hose now before it becomes a problem later. Uh, that's I'm very, very big on being proactive uh, when it comes to that sort of stuff. So... Uh, Definitely, 
you know, use that opportunity while you're cleaning and straightening the stuff up to look for potential problems and things in the future. Um, because yeah, you don't want a hose failure. You don't want a belt flying off or something like that. So, you know, again, take a Saturday, take a Sunday, pick a tap, pick a task or a topic and, and just focus on it, whether it's just interior or it's just gauges or it's lighting, you know, and if you go through and you clean everything and you put it back together and you know that it's good at one end and it still doesn't work, then it's a lot easier to identify the problem, you know, cause then it's like, oh, it's a signal switch or, oh, it's the headlight switch or it's the high beam, low beam switch uh, versus the other way around where you put a new headlight switch in and it still doesn't work. And then come to find out you just had a burned out bulb. Uh, so we just went through that with Josie Scout last night. Neither of her front uh, signals or markers worked. And after a little bit of fiddling, we discovered that one side, the socket was rusted solid and the little contacts wouldn't reach the bulb. And the other side had a burned out bulb. So, you know, little things like that go a long ways towards troubleshooting and saving you money. That's the other thing. If you guys are cheap and don't want to spend money or can't spend money, cleaning shit is free and elbow grease is free. And then it helps you identify what your potential problems are. And then in the future, when you do have the money, you know, hey, I need a headlight switch. Hey, I need a high-low switch. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, and it's it's a... Uh, it's a good habit to get into. It's a good process to, to get into uh, doing things like that because you'll, you never know. Uh, and, and you, you start taking stuff apart and you start learning. That's the other thing is learning what makes your rigs tick, what's they got on the inside, what they have, uh, how to understand how they work. I mean, it's all, it's all important. Yeah. Um, I think today's going to be a short one. I'm running out of steam on this topic. So Again, I didn't prepare, and uh, I guess that's what I get. So anyways, appreciate you guys very much. Thank you. All the likes, all the shares, continue support. I love it. Appreciate it very much. I'm Dan. This was Binder Boneyard Podcast. Mm-hmm.